you're marketing, you should not be positioning yourself as Batman, okay? Because if you position yourself as Batman, you're going to be positioning the visitor or the person digesting as Robin. And I always joke that no one wants to wear those ugly green tights. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to another special episode of Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, wishing you well wherever you happen to be listening to the show. If you're feeling like, man, it's been a while since the last episode, you would be right. It's been an extremely busy month of Ramadan for me where I fasted for an entire month. But now that I can stuff my face and stomach full of food and caffeine again, we're back to our regular programming schedule. I've really, really missed you guys, so it feels great to be back on the digital airwaves. Now, what an episode to come back with. This week, I'm sharing an interview I did with Jason Swank. Now, if you guys haven't heard of him, that's probably because you're not supposed to, unless, of course, you're a digital marketing agency or an educator like myself. You know, like the Karate Kid movie? If the Karate Kid movie was about digital marketing, then Jason would be whoever Mr. Miyagi's teacher would be. He's helped thousands of agencies grow and structure their businesses to support brands and people like you. But he's also the perfect person to talk to when it comes to figuring out how to scale your business. So in this episode, we talk about some pretty epic themes like systems being better than people, inbound marketing not being the holy grail of all things marketing, as well as scaling. Also, what are you going to do when Facebook Live is ubiquitous? And my favorite part of the interview, how to actually position yourself differently from all the other vanilla, same-same type businesses that consumers can't tell apart. If you want to check out the Skype video version of the interview, as well as any show notes, links, and everything we discussed, then I recommend you go to redpandas.com.au forward slash EP68. So, let's jump straight into it and learn a thing or two. From Jason Swank. My guest today has been able to scale the seemingly at first unscalable. Jason Swank started a digital agency back in 1999 when the internet was barely a toddler. He eventually sold the thing and fast forward to today, Jason has helped over 10,000 agencies in 23 countries to help, in turn, other businesses grow. He's therefore truly the teacher's teacher and that includes myself. Mr. Swank, Swanktastic, your swankiness. Thanks for joining us on the show. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Jace, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on. But here's the thing, and, and maybe you're similar with your podcast guests that you have on. I truly want to speak to people where I can legitimately learn from, where I actually want to help myself and help my own clients. Yeah. But and it's kind of selfish, but kind of not because your listeners want to hear it. But with you, it's even more selfish because you actually help peeps like me. So, why do you fill in the gaps and tell the folks a little bit about what you do? Sure. So right now what I'm doing is I help digital agency owners really walk them through a framework so they can grow their agency faster and easier. And at the end of the day, it's all about saving them time and the heartaches that I went through, right? Because I, I, I'm trying to create something that I didn't have because I truly believe that we're only 1% away from success. I mean, if you look at it in the game of golf, right? If Tiger Woods is putting, 
and he makes a putt 1% off, he could be the difference between him being the best golfer in the world or the worst, right? So I look at business the same way. And so that's what I'm doing now. And I just put out as much content as I possibly can in order to, to help people and allow them to grow. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to break this interview up in a few parts. So most of our listeners are, um, you know, they're marketing types or they're small businesses. Um, so I, I guess where I, where I sort of want to go with this first is I think where your expertise uh, lies and where people can really you know get some value is how you've been able to scale things and grow things. Now, I want to start with something that is going to make people turn their heads because it made me like turn my head when I first heard it. On your podcast, you're famous for saying, and I quote, we believe systems outperform talent and having the right systems in place is the difference between growing and scaling or struggling. Now, I'll say mm -hmm. that made me turn my head because everyone's like, oh, you know, talent is our, people are our best asset and whatnot. Can you elaborate on this? And tell me how yeah. prolific this is, especially in small business. Yeah, so you could have the best people in the world, but if they don't know what to do and have systems in place, it's going to be the difference between you struggling or growing. So let me explain. So like the first system, and it's really foundational, right, is clarity. Now think about when you guys first started your business. And I know when I first started my business, it was by accident. I literally got my start by designing a website, making fun of one of my friends that looked like Justin Timberlake. And it was a website called In Shit in 99. And it got popular. And then someone said, hey, can you do a website for me? So I got in it by accident. I didn't know what an invoice was. I didn't know what we wanted to do. I didn't know who we were going after. I didn't have that vision that I could share with the team. And what happened was is as as we started growing, my team kept coming to me and saying, Jason, what, what do we need to do here? I'm like, dude, just make a decision, right? You're the VP, just make the decision. But looking back and then once we started getting smarter, I realized that I didn't set the vision and I didn't communicate that to them. So they were making decisions based on what's better for themselves rather than what's better for the agency or the particular business. And then I didn't have a specialization, right? I would just be like, you got money? I'll take it. Let's do it. And, and so that set me up for failure in positioning. So then I looked like a me too business. I looked like a me too agency because, hey, you know, my only competitive advantage was we were in Atlanta and we would only win local business and all of our business was referrals. So at the end of the day, it really comes down to the systems. Like when you look at the big companies, you look at the most successful companies out there, they're not smarter than you. I'm not smarter than you guys. A lot of you guys would crush me in school, but I will out implement you and I will set up the right systems that will allow me to stay ahead and innovate. Sure, sure. And that's fundamental from as early as you can, I'm guessing. Yeah, sure. Always. And look, you're never, you're never done. It's never done. You're always constantly moving forward. It's kind of like I, I heard um, – I think it's this predictable success. I didn't create this, but if you look at like the evolution of business and it says like in the very beginning, it's like your startup and then you go into a fun stage, right? And then after the fun stage, you go into what they call whitewater. And when you're in whitewater, you're like, the only way to get through it is to set up the right systems. And you'll know you're in whitewater if you say, man, I wish we could just go back to this point. It was just fun. And it's perfectly fine to go back to that, but it's totally dependent on you. And if you want to scale your business and grow it, you have to set up the right systems in order to get to predictable success. And once you're in there, 
you're not always safe, right? It's not like, oh, I arrived and I made it. You have to constantly be innovating. Like case in point, Blockbuster. They had a chance to buy Netflix. Oh, God. They didn't innovate, Man. right? Went down. Netflix was even there and they went into like this little um, dip with like sending DVDs in the mail. And then they said, well, we're going to innovate. We're going to stream everything. And that was brilliant. That brought them back to, you know, predictable success. So case in point, you got to always be updating your systems, innovating, looking forward, never looking back. Like I don't look back at what we did a year ago. I could care less because then I'm harping and I'm letting people catch up versus Mm -hmm. like, like when I'm running, dude, I never look back. If I look back, that means I've given up. Yeah, awesome. I like that. I like that. I like that. I mean, it's not that, you know, that it's people aren't important, but if you've got those processes in place, the, that talent will rise and flourish. So I like that. Um, mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I like listening to your podcast is you, you challenge conventions or you're not sort of, you know, scared to put certain things out there. So this is obviously an inbound marketing podcast. And I know some brands who they've caught the bug, but they've caught it to the extreme, right, Jace? Like they've bought into inbound so much that they, they think that they don't need anything else. Um, and I kind of did a bit of a binge on some of your episodes recently. I, I caught up with a couple. And I love how you talk about how inbound marketing isn't enough. It's not mm-hmm. enough to get the foot in the door. So, yeah, cool, HubSpot and whatever, they might be selling inbound, inbound, but it's not enough. Can you can you talk to me about that and maybe some examples? Yeah, I mean, even HubSpot changed their thing at inbound last year and they started talking about outbound, which I was like, thank God. I mean, but, you know, but so I always looked at it as you need three different channels because one channel could go down. So let's say you were doing everything inbound and you were in the top of the search engines and then they change an algorithm or let's say Google stops innovating and some other search engine comes that you're not on. You're screwed. (laughs) No, no. Mm. Yeah. And so like you have to have an outbound channel, like literally like picking up the phone, direct mail, like. Things that people don't want to do, but there are people that actually can do them and actually like doing them. So find that out. And because, look, when you're doing inbound, it's a long-term play. And everything I do is mostly long-term. But in the short term, you got to live. you got to pay the bills. And so outbound is a really good strategy. The other one is, is strategic partnerships. Look, you should all be – and goes back to the clarity, the, the one system I talked about – you should all be focusing on a particular market or having a team focusing on a particular market. If you're a big company, great. You can focus on multiple ones, but make sure they're different teams. And think about who else is going after that market that is complementary to us that we could partner with. So we did this with a company called Sitefinity. We did it with another small startup called Microsoft. And you know, it literally, it just started bringing us all this kind of business. And so we had three channels. And so if one month or one quarter or even one year, one channel was down, perfectly fine. Yeah, awesome. Diversify. That's the way. So um, you say uh, niches and we say niches. Niches. And, yes. Niche. Yeah. yeah all, my, all my Brits and, and Aussies always get on to me for this. So like, yes, niche. <laughs> And depending on where you're listening, one of us is the weird one, right? So like you say, depending well, I'm on where, redneck, where you are. So. I'm the redneck of the group, so uh, yeah, I'm the weird one. Yeah, well, well, that depends on where you're listening. But I, I say this all the time too. Like, and I, I spoke to an education provider just today, like literally just today, and I looked at their site, and they sell qualifications, right? 
And they had like 15 disciplines, like not even 15 courses, 15 disciplines. And they're like, guys, you know, or they say to me, look, we need to, we need a strategic direction. We need to know what our message is and how we go out there. And I'm like, guys, you need to, you need to narrow it down a little, man. Like maybe a few personas, carve those out. Um, you're a big proponent of this. And I'd love for you to share your experiences around getting your clients to focus on niches or niches. And what's that, what that, what has that done for their business? Uh, it's been everything. It's it's literally we talked about clarity, right? And that well, you can't go to the next system positioning without knowing who you're actually going after because you don't understand them. And then when they look at your website or any of your marketing, they're just like, yeah, so just another ad or just another marketing, versus looking at it and going, dude, you bugged my office, man. Well, you know, you can help me, right? And it's all about positioning to help them rather than positioning yourself. So let, let me explain. I, I kind of describe it into kind of superheroes, right? So your marketing, you should not be positioning yourself as Batman, okay? Because if you position yourself as Batman, you're going to be positioning the visitor or the person digesting as Robin. And I always joke that no one wants to wear those ugly green tights. Green tights, yeah. Right? You, you need to position yourself as Alfred. Especially if you're a consulting company, an agency, uh, going after other businesses or whatever it is, you need to position yourself as an advisor. Or really, this applies to any company. You could be George Foreman selling the, you know, the the hamburger grill or whatever it is. And we look at George Foreman as the advisor, be like, dude, that guy was the heavyweight champion of the world. We need to listen to him. He's still fat, but maybe we'll, you know, he's in good shape. Right? Yeah. And so it, it's all about positioning. And putting the attention back on them rather than you. Like I go to so many websites and it just talks about how great we are, even on the about page. And the about page is not about you. Like if you go to my about page, like jasonswank.com slash about, literally, I don't talk about myself until after the cat video. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's at the very bottom. I start off with questions. Yeah, awesome. You literally took uh, – I loved how you wrapped that together because you took the the next question out. I was going to say, why should I not be Batman? Like, I love Batman. Whoever's watching this video can see, like, my little Batman. Oh, there you go. Man. Nice. And, and when we went to see Batman Lego, my son, my five-year-old son Noah took me. I didn't take him. So I, I love that analogy. Be that trusted advisor. It's it's not about you. And I've, I've recently tried to go back into my business and, and change that as well. And you, you touched on me tooism as well. And Marcus Sheridan talks about that as well. He says, if everyone says they have great customer service and if everyone's high quality, then it doesn't mean jack. So how, yeah. how do you avoid that, Jason? How do you avoid that? And what's the litmus test for you or anyone listening to say, am I falling into me tooism? How do I avoid that? Well, here's the problem is, is we all look at the bigger companies and we model what they're doing currently. But what we should have done is modeled how they actually got there. So case in point, look at Facebook. And when Facebook was coming up, MySpace was dominating. If for people that actually remember, I know it's a while ago. But um, God, I'm dating myself. I, I remember when it was Netscape Composer when we were designing websites. But um, I digress. So when Facebook was coming up, they went after Harvard students and then Ivy League schools, right? And then universities and then ex-boyfriend and girlfriend stalking their exes. So, you know, they, they had that progression, but they didn't go, we're going to go after everybody. And when you look at the bigger agencies, you look at the bigger companies, most of the time, like, and I know in the agency space, they're doing it wrong. 
like their websites are not generating any business for them at all. Like I can look at their websites. I'm like, this is the worst website I've ever seen. And I think they just laugh because they use the other channels in order to drive the traffic. But all us small guys look at them and go, Ooh, that must be working. We need to do show our cool portfolio and our fancy awards that we've gotten. That means jack mm. crap. All right. And so at the end of the day, what you need to do is, is when you look at your website, do you know who it's for when are, and are you asking questions? My whole website's a question like everywhere. And the reason why I ask questions is because as human beings, we're programmed to answer questions. Got yeah, it? Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. So you've been playing around with video a lot this year. Um, yep. Last maybe five or so guests, we've been trying to do video versions as well. So I couldn't not do one with you. Um, and you've been particularly playing with Facebook Live, right? So how's that going for you, man? Like how, do, how are you finding that in your own experience? It's really good. You know, it's, it's about finding the right time in order to do that. So I've recently – I've trimmed it down a little bit just because I've been vlogging every day. Every day? Every day. Uh, well, Monday through Thursday when, when I work. Um, and so when I go Facebook Live, like because I don't want it to be competitive. But Facebook Live is incredible right now, right? Because you can go on with a particular topic. You can chat to your audience. Who cares if no one shows up, Right even though Facebook will start showing it afterwards. And then what you can do is promote it. Mm. And then what I do is I tag anybody that watched a certain percentage of that video. And then I hit them up with another ad after. And I've seen, I've literally run ads and I compared them to um, my cold traffic that I was just running to like an opt-in. And I would get anywhere from five to $7 a lead, which is like, yeah, awesome, right? Well, by doing this strategy of running Facebook live, boosting that, targeting the people that watch 25% or more and then, you know, sending them, you know, an opt-in to the warm traffic, mm -hmm. I was literally getting 72, about $2 leads. Why do you think that is? Is it the trust thing? Why do you think? Yeah, they're aware of you, right? Like I've already provided them value. They're already in, indoctrinated to what I'm doing or they're interested rather than kind of the scumbags that, uh, you know, put out the same lead page, landing page saying, hey, do you want to know how to make a billion dollars? Check out my Ferrari in the background and you too can do this. Right. Uh, and it's just like, it, like, and I'm not even going to mention names, but like we've all seen those ads and that's just not real. Like when you start looking at, I mean, that's why I think you're doing the podcast. That's why I put out so much content. That's why I'm doing the vlog is to really separate us from all these other, you know, Chipotle, you know, monkey people out there because they're fake. They literally, they look at what other people are doing that are successful. They model it on the front end, but then you start diving in and they're complete crap. And then what happens is people fall into that trap and then they think all of us are full of crap and it yeah. really pisses me off. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're so passionate about, and I know you're passionate, you know, like you are and I am when you see that crap, it really, you know, gets under your skin a little bit. Um, where should people – because it's amazing how, how not everyone has taken it on, right? The tech industry, obviously the marketing industry, a lot of industries have, but a lot of industries have been slow to embrace video. So if you are a um, – and I also want to talk about 
because I don't. You say you're an introvert, and you look at your videos, and you're like, man, this guy's not an introvert. So I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm, no, I'm an introvert. Is, is that true? Is that true? Should people be scared of being an introvert? Like, I mean, you should be an example if you say you're not an introvert. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So like, I'll, I'll go to a networking place, and I will sit in the corner until someone comes up and introduces themselves. Or like, if I'm in the neighborhood, like my neighbors come up and I'm like, hey, like if I don't have anything in common with them. I, I can't associate like I, I can't just do chit chat. But if it's something I'm passionate behind, like and we chat, you'll be my best friend after and then you would never know it. And I think, you know, it, but if you go back and look at some of my first videos and I've kept them up there for the this, this same reason is they start off really crappy. Like I literally look like a Oompa Loompa in some of them, like the bad lighting and, you know, like I could be a. You know, I look like a terror or like a hostage, (laughs) like like with this ugly green screen and and the bad lighting and and even just everything. Oh, it's so embarrassing. But I left it up just to show people of going, look, look at the progression. I mean, that's why I'm blogging, too. Like if you go like I I think I'll be up to 23 uh, episodes today. And if you even go back to the first one, it's like "Eh." and then you start seeing the progression. You're like, oh, okay, he's starting to see his you know, is, is progression. You just got to do it. You got to know that you're going to be your biggest critic. I don't like seeing myself, um, on camera. I don't like listening to my voice, but that's a way that you can connect to people. And I'll tell you, I could send a thousand emails to you and you know, they could all be fantastic, but I could send one really good video and you'll trust me way more. That's the power of video. Because they can see you and especially, you know, and that's why I like live. That's why I like interviews like this because it's most of it's not edited. Like I don't edit my podcast at all. Like literally it's like whatever happens, it happens. And so it's really easy for me to do like now if like the internet goes down, that kind of stuff, obviously I have to edit it. But, um, but other than that, like it's just true and you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. I love that, man. Thanks for sharing that. I know that because every time I, I, uh, you might feel this as well. You, you bring up the topic with someone and you just see them kind of just, you know, like just kind of regress a little bit. And you're like, look, it's, it's okay just having a conversation. So thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. What I was going to ask before I thought of that is where should people start? So if they haven't done video at all, should they start on Facebook Live? Like they don't have a culture of video. They don't, that, should they start with a Why Us video on their homepage? What's the first step? I mean, the easiest part is to start up with Facebook Live. Like, literally, you just go live and Facebook will find you an audience. I mean, literally, you don't have to have any landing page. You don't have to do anything. And you're starting to build an audience. They can hit that little like button. They can hit the share button. Now, you do have to have a particular topic of interest. But, I mean, it is – I cannot believe the world that we're in right now of how easy it is to reach people. Mm. And – but I think we were afraid, but I would tell you, be afraid of more of not doing. Um, I, and I think that's failure of like, you know, the things you need to do, but you don't do them. And that's the definition of failure or giving up. And everybody just needs to think bigger. Like you look at, um, you know, people I follow is like, uh, the rock, right? Dwayne Johnson or, you know, um, Kevin Hart. Or, you know, uh, Michael Strahan, right? Those guys hustle and they do an amazing job on social and they're always working. And, you know, 
they always say like we're not the smartest, but we work our butts off. Mm. Like Michael Strahan didn't start playing football until um, American football until uh, high, or senior year in uh, high school, and he was one of the best people in the NFL. And just like he just had an attitude of like I'm going to be the best in the world, and he was. Yeah, I never thought I'd have an, uh, an excuse to say go the Giants, but thank you for that, Jason. Go the Giants. <laughs> awesome. I'm, awesome. I'm impressed, and Ozzy knows the Giants. Oh man, I saw I saw him at inbound. Um, yeah, I went to a game. It's bloody addictive, man. It's a, it's an addictive game. So yeah, there you go. Um, what was I going to ask you, man? I just got distracted by Michael Strahan there. Um, do you, do you ever think to yourself, you know, because Facebook next year, you could almost place a bet on it. Next year, they're going to change the algorithm, right? Or maybe the year after, as soon as it becomes mass and scale, they'll, they'll just change it, just like they did with the, the news feed. What, do you ever think about that? What are you doing to, you know, hedge against that? Are you embedding that on your site? Give me your thoughts. Uh, they're always going to change. Things are always going to change. So, you know, I'm just looking about a couple months out of going like, what do we need to do? Like, that's fine if they change. That's cool because I change just as quick, but other people that are trying to do what we're doing will not. So like I embrace change. So I'm like, yeah, Facebook, change it. I don't care. You know, like, but it's a land grab thing. Like it's a gold rush. Mm. And that's why I'm telling people, I'm like, dude, do it. Build that audience here, but make sure you're capturing them other places. You know, the big thing I think that's the big, big opportunity for everybody is what we're doing now. Podcasting. I think it's one of the most underrated things. I've been doing it for three years. When I got into it, I didn't even know what a damn podcast was. I started interviewing people on Google Hangout and a friend of mine said, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I was like, who would ever listen to audio on the computer? And he's like, dude, you can do it on your phone. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, let me look at this. And I started doing it three years ago. And it took me about a year uh, to get some traction. But now, you know, that's how I reach people all over the world is through the podcast. And then they're able to connect with you. And they feel that they know you, um, which they necessarily do. Because, you know, when you're doing the podcast, that is you. You're not putting on a persona or anything like that. And, um, and it's just – it gives people back time. I that's why I like podcasting, even though I, I love video and I have to do video, but podcasting, you can do it in the car. You can do, <laughs> it sounds sick. You can do it in the car. You can do it at the gym. You can do it everywhere, right? You can do it in the bathroom, and anywhere you want. Bathroom. Yeah. So, well, the bathroom, you can watch video because you don't have to do anything else. That's but, right. Yeah. Right. But it gives you back your time versus a video. It's going to like, you have to dedicate 40 minutes to watching a video. Like if you look at my site, like when I do my podcast, it's a video, it's audio, it's a blog post. So I'm trying to go after three different types of people and majority of the people listen on the audio, like far, by far, like over 10,000 per episode a month downloaded versus like maybe two to 300 on video. So it's a huge difference. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's awesome. Now, now for the selfish question. So, you know, I sort of try to keep this kind of, um, and the subject matter as well. I think everyone can get a lot of sure. value out of, out of that. But the selfish question is this, and hopefully for other, for agencies, for any agencies that are listening or any services that are high touch, that are very strategic, have a very strategic level of work. And I'm sure, sure, you've been asked this before. How do I scale that? 
Like, how do I scale me and my best three strategists? Is that even possible? It is. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to the systems, right? And just documenting what you're doing. So I used to think that too. I'd be like, dude, I, I am the whiz at user experience. And I like, no one can run a client meeting like me and I got to do it all. And it's just not scalable. And if you bring in the right people, you walk them through what you're doing, they're going to look at it from a different perspective and they're going to be better at it than you. They just are. Now you have to be willing for them to fail in the very beginning and not do it as good as you, but knowing over time that they will be better and you'll be able to go into a different role, right? So like I remember we were uh, for a number of different years, I was an agency owner. I wasn't an agency CEO. And I would always kind of second guess myself being like, dude, I'm not the CEO. I, I just need to hire a CEO. I, I, like, I don't know shit. I don't know what I'm doing. And I realized I needed to shift my roles in order to, to do that, in order to scale and to get myself out. And so my role really switched to setting the vision direction of the, of the business and communicating that to the team often. The other thing I needed to do was be the front face of the company. I needed to put myself out there, um, which at my agency I did not do. But looking back, I should have, okay? Because I was an introvert. I was like, no, we'll just keep building the brand. But looking back, I should have. And a, a great example is Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Dominating the professional service space um, you know, with that. The other thing is understand the financials, coach and mentor your leadership team only, okay? And then have them coach and mentor the people under them and then um, assist sales and build relationships. That's what we would do as the high ticket in order to scale. Now, I'd say this with a warning. You will go through major depression when you actually achieve this because then you'll realize that the company doesn't need you for what it did for a number of different years and you'll feel like a piece of shit. Um, but then you got to realize going, dude, this is scalable and I have a whole new role that I need to embrace and learn in order to do. Yeah, cool. I like that. I like that. Be brave. And you, you mentioned in the start, the processes, right? If the processes are there, you can scale. I love it. Um, final question. How have you been so successful in what you do? You know, how have what that and have you seen any commonalities in the the cream of the ten thousand odd businesses you've helped? Yeah, uh, and I came to this realization about a week ago. I was sitting across. Uh, I was at a conference, and I was at a, one of these tables, and someone was asking me questions. It was an agency owner, and um, they were. And I was like, "Well, what's your biggest challenge?" And they were like, "Well, leads." I was like, okay, and they've been doing it for 19 years, right? And uh, they've been trying to get over the million mark, I think. And so I started giving them some pointers, walking them through systems, and I could just see them shutting down. Like literally like, no, I'm not going to do that, 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 that. And I realized that he was normal. And when I realized he was normal, I was like, normal people are happy with where they're at. They don't take action. They don't innovate. And I needed to go after the crazy ones. And the crazy ones are the ones that are willing to take the risks, the ones that are willing to innovate, the ones that don't take no for an answer. They just take it as a maybe and it, turn it into a yes one day. And they just keep looking forward and forward. And I think that's really, I think what's helped me out is I've just been 
kind of crazy. And I'm never happy with where we're at. I mean, like I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy the ride, but I always want something more and I'll challenge myself in order to do that. And all of the people that I've worked with or all the people that I study, like about an hour to two hours a day, I study other successful people. And I really put a lot of time into it of going, what worked for them? How did, what was the trajectory from where they started and how they got there? Mm. And how do we model that into, you know, you know, what's the formula? And it's always changing. But at the end of the day, there's no, um, there's no substitute for hard work and just doing it. Like there's no silver bullet, but there are people that can actually save you time and help you get there quicker mm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. You in the the study of the people, the study of success that you do, is that how you stay fresh as well? And how do you do it tactically? Do you follow them? You know, read their blogs. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, I read their blogs. I watch interviews of them. That's usually one of the best ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is just looking at you know how are they answering questions, or even like you know, especially now that like I'm into videos, like. I may watch, you know, a certain video, get no value from the actual content, but I'm looking at what captured my eye. Like, how do I get to be a better cinematographer or how do I get to be a better podcaster? How do I get to be a better interviewer? Right. So I'm looking at all the different facets, not just like what's that one nugget that I can do to make an extra buck. Right. It's kind of like, what can I do to keep constantly getting better you know, on on the business or, you know, the health or family. Right. And I think it comes down to, you know, the vlog today is going to be all around like, uh, time and priorities and like my priorities now, and they haven't always been this way. It's health, family, and business. Right. But a lot of us, when we're building a business, put everything into the business and everything else goes to shit. And so, you know, it's like, all right, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You don't have your family. What's the point of actually doing it? Like you can go live in a Jeep. And I saw a guy living in a Jeep. I was like, that is cool. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty neat. But then I miss my family. But I digress. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, where can people find you? Uh, tell us about your sites. Please give your, your business a bit of a plug for the agency folk listening. Yeah. So if you're an agency, I want you to go to swankit, swank.it. And, uh, there, and you're good. Chase, you didn't give me the thing, man. Swank it. Swank it. Swank dot it. I'm, I'm throwing the, the hands up. Uh, I always joke around with people at the end of the podcast is like, if you don't want to miss out on another episode, go to, uh, you know, swank it. But if, uh, I also give away about 70, 75% of my content, absolutely free at jasonswank.com. You know, I have a weekly podcast, uh, follow me on YouTube. You know, I'm doing a vlog almost every day, Monday through Thursday, and we're putting out one interview a week on that. So five pieces of content every week. So, and there's only two of us. And Stacy's an amazing person that works with me. So, how do you how do you find the time, man? Is it just schedule? Uh, priorities, man. You yeah. know. Uh, so like I I work out in the morning. I start my day around nine fifteen, right? And then I end it around about two thirty in the afternoon when my kids get home so I can play. And then um, later on that day, I'll start cranking up after they go to bed. Yeah, cool, man. You got to play, otherwise, what are we doing this for? 
Jason, mm-hmm. thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you being generous with your time. We'll link to everything in the show notes. And um, yeah, guys, check out Jason Swank. Check, even even the stuff that you do. I love how you said you look at what people do, maybe not from the content, but how they're doing it. And I think you're a good example of that as well. Mm-hmm. So keep doing what you're doing, man. It's very inspiring to watch. Thanks for having me on. And make sure, guys, if you took one thing away, make sure you go take action. Like it's great to listen to podcasts and watch videos, but if you don't take action, it's completely worthless. So take action. Love it. One thing. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.